Welcome to Around the Diamond, Ottawa's source for baseball talk. This is shortstop Junior Rojo with the Rockland Boulders. This is your boy Reggie Abercrombie. Hey, this is your boy Coop. This is Josh Wood. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Kenny Bryant from the Ottawa Champions. This is Quebec Capital's third baseman and pitcher Lachlan Fontaine. Hey, this is Ottawa Champion second baseman Albert Cartwright all the way from the Bahamas. You're listening to Around the Diamond with my man Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Profiling players' careers and their life outside of baseball. Now, here's your host, Diamond Dante. Seb high and deep to right, and that's out Cartwright, and that's a walk-off single. Albert Cartwright wins the ballgame. Mastro Berti comes in to score. Duarte up the middle, and that's the ballgame. Wilson, the one-two, big cut, and he struck him out. Wilson back-to-back strikeouts on a slider in the dirt. Tissenbaum swings at that one. And your co-host. Chambers flying into third with a triple. Chambers is back. He looks up and it's off the top of the wall. Fires it back into second base. And they got him. Chambers slaps it the other way. Louis Cardinals World Series champion Adron Chambers. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Welcome to episode 48 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ. 107.9. I'm your host, Diamond Dante, riding this show uh, solo as Michael Nellis is unable to uh, rejoin us for this week's show, but uh, we'll try to get him on next week. No co-host for this show, just uh, two wonderful guests. But before I get to that and introducing the show, of course, once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. You can find me on Twitter by following me at Diamond underscore Dante. You can check out uh, this podcast called Around the Diamond or Radio Show, whatever you want to call it, at uh, around the Diamond, either on SoundCloud or on iTunes uh, by typing it in in the podcast app on iTunes on your Apple iPhone. If you are an Android user, of course, you can find it on SoundCloud if you have the SoundCloud app, or you can find it on my Twitter or online by typing in Around the Diamond in the Google search bar. Once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante, episode 48. Two more episodes to episode 50. I'm pretty excited. Uh, we'll introduce our guests here as a uh, Later on, after a quick talk about uh, some of the biggest moves in Major League Baseball, the biggest stories over the past week, as uh, last week I went on a big rant about uh, how Chris Carter hadn't been signed. He, he hit 41 home runs last year, led the National, Leagues, uh, National League in home runs, and uh, was not signed until now, only gets $3.5 million, uh, $3. million from the New York Yankees. I'll get to that a little bit later because... I had a huge debate with Michael Nellis about how guys are not being signed. The guys that hit home runs and drive in runs are, are, are very uh, undervalued this offseason. Mike Napoli also just signed this week, which is uh, big news. The Jays added a couple other arms in the bullpen. But uh, besides that, we'll introduce our guest for this show as uh, Ottawa Champions first base coach Jared Lemieux will join us later on uh, right after a quick talk here to talk about uh, his career, his playing days when he played for the Ottawa Rapids back in 2008, the Sussex Skyhawks in the Can-Am League, his professional career, and also how he got into coaching first base or coaching in 
general uh, with the Ottawa Champions. He wasn't high, a high school coach. He knew Hal Lanier. He knew Miles Wolf, the owner at the time. He had been in Ottawa uh, for a while before that, uh, and he is a Portland. Uh, he is a Portland guy. He's from uh, Maine. Um, so uh, it's going to be nice to talk with Jared Lemieux on the show that's coming up next. Then we're going to be joined with Jazrardo Chisholm. He's only 19, and I'm 19 years old as well. We're both uh, – I'm, I'm a 97, he's a 98. And, uh, and he was actually um, – he was drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks and spent all of last season – uh, in their minor league system in rookie ball. He's from the Bahamas, so it's it's going to be nice to see what he says about uh, playing professional baseball coming out of the Bahamas and who are some of the guys uh, from that island that influenced him. Of course, I want to thank Albert Cartwright for hooking me up, uh, who's a good buddy of mine, is from the Bahamas, second baseman for the Ottawa Champions, Albert Cartwright, for hooking me up with Jezrardo Chisholm, who's a shortstop in the Arizona Diamondback system. He's going to talk about some of the other players that have been signed out of the Bahamas, like Lucis Fox, and um, of course, uh, playing for Great Britain at the World Baseball Classic qualifiers. Jazrardo Chisholm was the starting shortstop for uh, Great Britain at the World Baseball Classic, so it's going to be nice to see uh, what he has to say. But just to kind of set the tone here, folks, right off the bat, I'm going to be talking about uh, something that I went on a rant on last week. I couldn't believe how... Um, Chris Carter, who played for the Brewers last season, was unable to to get signed right off the bat. He had uh, turned uh, the Brewers had turned down the qualifying offer uh, for it was it was about four million dollars from uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. They went out and signed Eric Thames, who hit 40 home runs in three seasons in Japan. Chris Carter was actually going to make his way uh, over to Japan. I'm I'm happy that he didn't because I want to see him. Uh, in, in the major leagues this season, especially after hitting 41 home runs. He signs with the New York Yankees for one year, $3.5 million. Now, there's a big question here, folks, uh, in terms of Chris Carter, because last week I said you can't undervalue the home run. He's going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He needs guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. You can't just think about war. You can't think about uh, the batting average, right? Of course, he's not going to hit the, uh, the, the highest batting average, but he'll drive in runs. He can clear the bases with a home run, but the thing is with Chris Carter is that he strikes out a lot, and that's what really killed him this offseason. But he was looking to make a little bit more money, at least $8 million, I would think, right? And and I feel that's a big bargain. You know, why wouldn't you want to take the chance on a guy for $3.5 million to hit you 40 home runs? It really does ma- it doesn't make any sense. So right now, Chris Carter is actually uh, projected to be on the bench with the New York Yankees as uh, the team's backup first baseman and DH. He is a right-handed bat. He's 30 years old. He was just signed from the Milwaukee Brewers by the New York Yankees. The Brewers wanted to go a different route and bring in Eric Thames, a former Toronto Blue Jays prospect and spent some time with the Blue Jays and as well uh, spent some time also with the um, uh, with the Seattle Mariners. He was actually traded for Steve Delabar. But anyways, uh, just based off that, so the Yankees go out and sign Chris Carter. Right now, they're, they're projected to have Greg Bird in the starting lineup. Now, my biggest beef with this in the Chris Carter signing, I think Tampa Bay could have needed him, could have used him. The Dodgers could have could have made a run at him. There, there's so many other American League teams that could have went after him. He chooses to sign with the Yankees. He's a guy that's going to hit 30 plus home runs. But the Yankees need to give him the uh, the the certain amount of at bats because uh, he uh, 
had some of the most at bats. He only he played 160 games with Milwaukee in the National League last year, every day at first base. So you have to give him the at bats. If you put him on the bench, especially a guy that strikes out as much as he does, 220 something strikeouts, I believe he lead he led the league, the National League last season. So you you can't have that. He's going to have to be in the lineup every day. Of course, with Matt Holiday making 11 million dollars this season at the age of 37, he'll be DH left field. Uh, he's uh, I think Chris Carter's just going to he's just going to hit against left-handed pitching because he is right-handed back. Greg Bird is a left-hand first baseman. He's 24 years old. He's coming off an injury. Nobody knows what he's going to do. So I'm interested to see uh, what Chris Carter brings uh, to the New York Yankees as we are uh, just about to wrap up this segment. Just before we go, Chris, uh, Chase Utley signs uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and this means that uh, he's going to be a, a, a bench player for the Dodgers. He took less money in the free agent mar- market, uh, under $5 million for Chris, Chris Utley, or sorry, Chase Utley. He's going to sign with the Dodgers. He's a veteran second baseman, one of the best second basemen uh, from the year 2005 to 2010. Uh, even he was good in 2013, 2014 as well. Makes a stop with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, he's actually uh, projected to be off the bench as a left-handed bat with the acquisition uh, that the uh, the Dodgers made to get a second baseman in Logan Forsythe. He's most likely the second baseman, but Forsythe has played every position on the diamond. He can wor- move around, so it's nice to see what Chase Utley is going to do uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Last season hit pretty well, a 270 hitters, so uh, it's it's a good depth for the uh, for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. The Jays go out and sign two relievers in Joe Smith and in J.P. Howell. And uh, that's pretty much it for the, the moves that happened in the last week. And also Mike Napoli, uh, who hit 33 home runs last year, 101 RBIs, 260 batter, signed, came over from the Cleveland Indians, has now signed, going back to his old team for a third stint with the Texas Rangers. So it's interesting to see because he adds a lot of depth to that Rangers squad. That's going to wrap up this segment. When we come back, Jared Lemieux will join us as he is the Ottawa Champions' first base coach to talk about his professional career, but also being a coach with the Ottawa Champions. That's coming up next. You're listening to episode 48 of Around the Diamond with myself, Diamond Dante, on CKDJ 1079. We'll be back in a few. Hi, this is Billy Horn from the Long Island Ducks, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 48 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Of course, once again, you can find our podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud by typing in Around the Diamond. Once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. My guest for this segment is Ottawa Champions first base coach, Jared Lemieux. Before being a coach with Ottawa, Lemieux made his first professional appearance as a player in 2006 with Worcester. His biggest highlight in his career came when he played for the Ottawa Rapids in 2007. Since then, Jared has been known for throwing bubblegum into the stands. Mr. Lemieux, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, Dante. Hey, listen, it's always nice to talk with you. So uh, what have you been doing this offseason since uh, getting that nice championship uh, with the Ottawa Champions? Well, uh, actually, last week I was just down in Florida with Hal, Hal Lanier and uh, Nick Belmonte. We were uh, checking out some camps and uh, scouting some players, seeing what we might be able to bring up to, uh, to improve our chances this time around. It's okay. I also run a counseling agency. I'm the director of my family's counseling agency in Maine. 
we do substance abuse and uh, mental health counseling and community integration services. So I've been busy, busy with the family agency and uh, helping helping our community. Now I know you're from uh, from the Portland, Maine area. Have you been able to to find any players in that area at all this uh, this off season that are worth looking at? Uh, not not yet. No. Um, you know I I uh, leave most of the player finding to to Nick and Hal. Uh, I certainly. Uh, put in my opinion and how takes takes my advice sometimes and uh uh but uh you know nick nick and hal are the ones that uh take charge of that role for the most part now of course when i when i did the 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 segment with uh, billy horn of the uh, the ottawa champions at the time now with the mm-hmm. long island ducks he said that you had a big part in bringing over um Ma- michael masterberti last season and of course uh, with Masterberti being a big part of the champion season last year, um, do you feel that you have a good chance of maybe seeing some kids this off season that you could suggest to Hal down the road? Yeah, I think I think so. I think as we get closer to the season, um, you know, I've I've got contacts with college coaches. I work, uh, you know, with with them, um, and also summer league coaches from the, the the leagues here in New England that are pretty strong when it comes to summer ball, whether it's the NECBL or um, or the Futures League here, and also, of course, the Cape Cod League. Uh, so I have contacts in those leagues and contacts in the, you know, in the region with the college colleges. And so, you know, I'll probably be most, most helpful when it comes to uh, maybe looking for a couple of young pieces um, later on down the road. Uh, but, uh, but, but, you know, it was, it was nice to pick up Michael Masterberry from a contact I had in the NECBL. Uh, he was certainly uh, a pleasure to coach. So um, you know, it's just been, it's just been kind of a you know we only need we only have 22, 23 spots to fill, and you know as the time goes on throughout the season, if things happen, people get injured or, or released, uh, you know I'll always have those contacts to lean on in case uh, a need a need comes up. Ottawa Champions first base coach Jared Lemieux is here with us on Around the Diamond. Before we talk about your coaching career, how did you first get into professional baseball in 2006 when playing for Worcester? Well, I was play- I uh, I had tried out, gosh, for seven or eight other teams, went to a bunch of workouts, and um, you know, just just never quit. And uh, I I uh, you know sent out my resume and and uh, and some, some stats of mine. Uh, to GMs and managers across the independent leagues, and uh, after I didn't get signed uh, in the draft, and um, you know, it kind of kind of fell into a situation where I was working out with Worcester, and it's pronounced Worcester. Oh, Worcester. Uh, <laughs> Worcester, yeah. But uh, but that's that's the Northeast accent for you. But um, no, I was uh, Rich Gedman was the manager at the time, and uh, a player got hurt. And I was there working out. He liked what he saw and gave me an opportunity. Uh, and then that uh, led to, you know, a career of uh, parts of five seasons in independent ball. Now, did you ever think that you would even play independent ball when you were a boy, or did you still have those dreams of possibly going into the minor league system, either when you got into independent ball or when you were coming up through the high school ranks? Yeah, I mean, you always have the dream. You always have the dream to be playing pro ball, to play in a Fenway Park or wherever, you know, your favorite team is. Um but uh, you know, I uh, and, and I don't think that playing independent ball was any any uh, any less than a minor league. I mean, there was really good competition all five years that I played, and uh, it continues to have a high quality of uh, baseball uh, in leagues like this. And uh, 
you know, very comparable to to many of the teams in the minor league systems of the affiliated ball. But uh, you know, I you know everybody wants to get to the top, right? But um, you know, I was satisfied with the journey that I had. Uh, I certainly um, was thankful and and humble about uh, the opportunities I was given. And uh, for me, you know, the whole process of baseball is not about where you get to, but you know how you're doing as you get there. And um, you know, you got to really enjoy the process because you know you're never satisfied, but you have to be able to. Uh, be happy with what you're doing and uh that was certainly the case for me and that's why i continue to coach and, and be a part of the baseball atmosphere now jared when i move over past your season uh with uh, what is it worcester is that how you say no worcester worcester okay worcester. okay there, there that's that i'm probably never gonna get it i i've i've, I've tried to practice over, yeah, it's all right. uh, over the summer but jared of course uh, your next season in 2007 at the age of 23 you were picked up by the sussex county miners or sorry the sussex county skyhawks which was the team at the time yep. before they they changed their name to the miners uh, the past two seasons now you only played five games back in 2006. Was that kind of showcasing your talents to other independent teams? And then eventually, do you think that led to you being picked up by Sussex in uh, 07? Yeah, it did. It did um, because I got a chance to play uh, against them and and uh, then went and worked out for them after I got released. And, and uh, you know, they were – it was um, Brian Draymond was the head coach at the time – or the excuse me, the manager at the time. And um, – you know, he liked he liked he thought I didn't have a, a place for me uh, in 2006, but uh, but turned around and gave me a contract for 2007. Was able to be there the whole year uh, on a team that went through quite a bit of uh, turnover. So I was uh, thankful to be able to stick around. Ottawa. So it was uh, yeah, you you know you take you take every chance you get to to showcase your talents and, and what you can do, and uh, it, it worked for me uh, in terms of getting that next step. Ottawa Champions first base coach Jared Lemieux is here for us on Around the Diamond. Now we're talking about your first stint uh, with uh, the team in Ottawa, at least inside the Can-Am League. Uh, in 2008, at the age of 24, uh, Jared, you were signed by the, the Ottawa Rapids at the time, where you had to play uh, just one season. Of course, the team had folded after just one year of professional baseball in the Can-Am League uh, in 2008 after Miles Wolf had helped bring a team over to um, to Ottawa that first time. Now, Jerry, just from what happened in, in that season in Ottawa, um, how much did you love the city uh, in your first year in Ottawa to want to come back in 2015 uh, for at least your coaching days? Oh, I, 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 I really enjoyed Ottawa. It was uh, my favorite city to play in um, of the five teams that I played with. And uh, just just the uh the size of the city you know there's always something to do uh places to go uh the the fan base that we had i know it was uh you know the first time around uh but they were really nice people invested in baseball um and it was a pleasure to play for them um and you know and that's why i wanted to come back because i felt like there was a core of, of people who would really love baseball in the, in the, in the city and there was a lot of potential to grow as, a, as an organization. So uh, I think, you know, with getting cut short after one year, it was really disappointing. Um, you know, I had been offered a contract to come back the following season, uh, and that kind of threw a wrench in my professional agenda. But, um, you know, it, it was uh, something I was, you know, proud to, proud to work for him, loved, uh, loved the staff that we had for uh, coaching and managing us. 
uh, and really just uh, was was sad to see it end and um, it kind of abruptly and it uh, threw a lot of us off. Once again, first base. Glad it's, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm glad it's back. And uh, you know, the last two years have been fantastic. Uh, Miles has done a great job. Um, you know, and everybody in the front office. And uh, it's been a real pleasure coaching under Hal. So uh, I think we're doing things uh, in a positive way here. And just to kind of stay on that topic, of course, uh, Ottawa champions first base coach Jared Lemieux is here for us on Around the Diamond. We're still talking about his playing career. And just to kind of wrap up your playing career, at least in the Can-Am League, um, you must have seen how Lanier managed with the, the Skyhawks when you were with uh, either uh, it would have been Quebec or in the American Association as well or with Ottawa. I, I, I can't recall when Hal started coaching in the Can-Am League in the later part of the 2000s. Yeah. So you must have seen him and he must have saw you. Did that kind of help with your relationship going into uh, your, I guess, your uh, your first season of coaching with Hal Lanier? Yeah, he was, uh, he was there in Sussex in 2008. So while I was with Ottawa, uh, and he ended up winning the championship, and we certainly played against each other and dueled out uh, quite a few times. And, um, you know, he knew who I was, and I knew who he was. We had a respect for each other. I certainly liked the way he managed, and uh, and uh, it was always a competitive game against Sussex. They, uh, you know, they were a good ball club that year. And um, so, so we kind of knew each other. We didn't know each other very well. You know, we weren't friends or anything, but mm-hmm. uh, we had a professional respect for each other. And, and uh, I think that that helped, um, you know, to familiarize, uh, you know, to bring in somebody who at least was familiar with um, for his staff. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, happy, with, you know, with him giving me a call and asking me to do that. So. Ottawa Champions first base coach Jared Lemieux is here for us on Around the Diamond. Now, from 2010, when it seemed like your professional baseball career had ended, from from 2010 after a quick stint with the uh, Quebec Capitals and the Can-Am League, uh, it seems like you kind of went off the map. What were you doing from uh, uh, 2010 to 2015 when you got the coaching job with Ottawa? Yeah, well, I uh, I was coaching. Um, I took two years uh, and coached at the high school level. I was the the head coach of uh, actually my alma mater, my high school back back home in uh, Reedfield, Maine. And, uh, you know, really enjoyed that, was able to bring back some of the knowledge that I learned in my career uh, and uh, teach some, some people who grew up uh, under the same circumstances that I did. Uh, we had a really great relationship with the athletic director. And so uh, when he asked me to come and uh, give it a go, I said, sure, you know, why not? And I knew, you know, after after my stint with Quebec, my body had been beaten up pretty hard uh, with with all my playing. I had had a wrist injury. I uh, had uh, tore my groin and and uh, tore out my um, my labrum in my right shoulder. And and so my body was a little beat up. And uh, you know, so I decided it was uh, time to stop pursuing as a player. Um, so then I went into coaching and and really enjoyed it. Um, you know, finally being able to be a manager. I had been an assistant coach. Uh, with uh, Bowdoin College, my alma mater, uh, and Springfield, uh, where I went to grad school um, before that, but then then uh, turned into a head coaching job at the high school level for two years, and then uh, after that, I I got the head coaching job at Southern Maine Community College, so I was able to be a be a manager at the college level, and and uh, really enjoyed that, and and got into it, and I uh, you know reached out to Miles when I heard news that Ottawa might be coming back into the fold, and and uh, let him know of my intentions and interest in uh, being able to be a part of it in some way. And and uh, he was happy to hear that. And, and him, him and Hal 
uh, kind of got me into it. And I also was working at my family company, uh, you know, doing this uh, counseling and, and case management work that we do here. I take a lot of pride in that. I think it's uh, important to be, you know, helpful in your community and and uh, really started to invest in the, the company and creating a, a business model and, and uh, running the operations of the, of the business. So uh, that was taking my time up. Um, and uh, But I was glad to make a move to get up to Ottawa and to become uh, a coach at the professional level. All right, now that we've talked about Jared Lemieux's playing career, we're going to move over to the coaching side of things that's coming up after a quick commercial break. When we come back, Jared Lemieux is going to tell us how he got the job with the Ottawa Champions and how, how Lanier actually knew him when he coached and managed the Sussex Skyhawks back in 2008. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. That's coming up next on Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. This is Josh Wood with the Sussex County Miners, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 48 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music, and once again back for another season of Ottawa Champions Baseball here on CKDJ 107.9. I am your host, Diamond Dante, once again, you can find our podcast online if you are listening on radio by typing in Around the Diamond either on SoundCloud or if you have an iPhone, you can search it up uh, in the podcast app by typing in Around the Diamond. Jared Lemieux, the first base coach for the Ottawa Champions, is still with us on the program. Now, Jared, towards uh, this season, or at least even the first season uh, of Ottawa Champions Baseball here uh, in the nation's capital in 2015, that was your first year as a coach. They brought on Billy Horn as the pitching coach. Sebastian Boucher was the hitting coach. Hal Lanier was the manager. How nice is it to uh, kind of gel with that coaching staff in your first season and then develop it uh, down the road into a championship run? Of course, you did win the championship in 2016. How important was that coaching staff and how, you know, all four of you guys got along well together. Uh, well, each one of us has our own unique personality, and I think uh, uh, we gelled together pretty quickly. Um, we're all, uh, you know, fun-loving, um, you know, hard-working uh, type of people. Um, and, uh, you know, we keep it light, and we were able to get along real well, never really uh, conflicting. The, the best part about uh, the staff was that we could debate in a professional way and come to a uh, solid resolution, um, you know, with everybody's input um, valued. Uh, and Hal was very good at orchestrating uh, uh, conversations around uh, moves to be made or, or, uh, or what was happening in the locker room or on the field. Uh, and, and the thing is, is everybody really enjoyed what they were doing. You know, everybody loved being there. Everybody felt treated fairly. Um, and, you know, it was just easy for us. It made it easy. And uh, I think, you know, I like to think that it had something to do with the end result. But, uh, you know, I didn't throw a baseball. And I didn't swing a bat. But uh, so a lot of the credit goes to the players. Yeah. Um, but we certainly didn't get in their way. And that's, that's half the battle sometimes. 
Now, Jared, of course, you guys did win the championship. This is uh, first base coach for the Ottawa champions. Jared Lemieux is here with us on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Now, briefly, I want to talk about, uh, of course, losing your good friend. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not losing him, but uh, he's not going to be coaching with you this season uh, with the Ottawa champions. Of course, Billy Horn, the pitching coach from the last two seasons, moves over to the Long Island Ducks in the Can-Am League. A really good, uh, sorry, in the... Uh, um, Atlantic League, a really good opportunity for him. Uh, how much are you going to miss this guy? Because you guys were really close, and he was also a really big part to not only bringing in players but helping the pitching staff as well was Billy Horn. Yeah, he was good at that, but he was also good at uh, creating a positive energy around the locker room. Mm -hmm. uh, him and I got along real well. Uh, he's like a big brother to me. Um, we became really good friends, uh, lived together, and uh, – and really we're able to support each other uh, in the process of learning to be a coach at this level. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's going to be sad. It's gonna, I, you know, I'm sure that we'll find a replacement that's suitable, uh, but Billy is certainly going to be missed. Uh, he, was, he was a character. Uh, he knew what he was talking about. He was able to communicate his philosophy well, um, and he was able to uh, keep people entertained and, and relaxed. And, and um, you know, that's something that, a quality that is sometimes difficult to find a coach and uh you know i'll learn from him from it and uh you know so so it's going to be sad i'm happy for him obviously he's going to be in a great spot close to his uh close to his hometown yeah. um so i couldn't be happier and uh you know i certainly wish him all the best of luck and i know it was a tough decision to leave us for him uh because we did create such great relationships with all the people involved in the organization and uh so it was, he, he was uh, struggling with the, the idea of leaving. So it wasn't something that was an easy choice, but uh, nobody can blame him for making it. Now, Jared, just before we go, I want to wrap things up. Of course, uh, you look back at the, at the 2016 Can-Am League season with the Ottawa Champions. You do win the championship. Besides uh, winning the championship, what was your favorite part of the 2016 season in coaching? <laughs> uh, I I mean... I would say it's uh, my favorite part was the uh, banter that was created in the locker room uh, around some of the key guys uh, in our lineup. And, and I just thought that uh, uh, the way that we were able to have fun uh, down the stretch when it mattered most, uh, you could feel the energy uh, and dedication go, but also you could feel people getting along and the friendships that were created in the locker room. That's my favorite part of it. Uh, from everybody, you know, from Matt Helms to Tyler Wilson, uh, you know, Seb and Albert, and every, all the guys. I mean, it, you know, and, and the uh, the banter, um, it, the jokes, uh, the way people didn't get personal, uh, you know, people like Duarte really keeping it light and goofy at times <laughs> when, when, you know, that's appropriate. Um, you know, that type of stuff. I mean, the, the, the quotes that you make up throughout a season, the, the sayings that come out, the phrases that stick with you and you message long, long after the season, back and forth with each other. Uh, that type of thing is, is, is my favorite part and, and mostly why I do it because I really enjoy creating uh, relationships and friendships with these guys that are going along this path. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's really enjoy. I remember – my favorite moment was uh, the day uh, in Quebec when we clinched uh, our playoff berth. Uh, you know, we were we were having a real good time in the locker room, uh, making jokes with Duarte about, 
you know, a song that reminded of him making fun of Chuck and, you know, it's just <laughs> little things like that. Just, just, you know, that goes along with being friends. And, and that's what it was. I mean, in our locker room, there was never adversity. There was never conflict that wasn't resolved. Uh, people got along and people cared about each other. And that was what's great about it. And that's probably uh, why when the thing, when we got to the thickest part of the season, we, nobody gave up on each other. And, you know, it, it, it makes a difference uh, when you believe in each other and care about each other. So that was probably my favorite. You know, one moment would have to be that night in Quebec. Uh, but I'd have to say that, uh, you know, throughout the season, the, the development of friendships was my favorite part. Well, there you have it. You pretty much said it uh, pretty well yourself. Jared Lemieux is here for us on Around the Diamond. That's going to wrap it up here. Thanks so much for joining us, Jared. It was nice to uh, to talk with you. It's been a long time, and we look forward to seeing you in spring training with Ottawa. You got it. Anytime, Dante. Thanks for having me. That was Ottawa Champions first base coach Jared Lemieux joining us here on Around the Diamond. Coming up next, Jazz Chisholm, a 18-year-old, now just turned 19 Shortstop inside the Arizona Diamondback system all the way from the Bahamas will join us to talk about his young career and how baseball is inside the Bahamas. That's coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Hey, this is Ottawa champion second baseman Albert Cartwright all the way from the Bahamas. You're listening to Around the Dime with my man, Diamond Dante, on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. You can find our podcast on iTunes by searching up Around the Diamonds, uh, Around the Diamond uh, in the podcast app, or you can check us out on SoundCloud by searching up uh, around the diamond as well. Follow me on Twitter at diamond underscore Dante. My guest for this segment is Arizona Diamondbacks prospect Jazz Rado Chisholm, who is the third player from the Bahamas to join me on this show called Around the Diamond as Albert Cartwright and Antoine Richardson joined us back in 2016. Jazz, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Hey, Glad listen. to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Nice to have you on. Of course, the third player from the Bahamas uh, to come on the show now. Over the uh, the past few months that I've started this show, back uh, going back to March of uh, last year, um, I've I've been able to kind of change the culture a little bit. I've had guys from Curacao on, uh, uh, guys that are from Europe, and of course uh, from the Bahamas, knowing Albert Cartwright uh, pretty well from last season. So, what have you been up to uh, this off season in the Bahamas? What have you been doing? Have you been training for next season, or uh, what's kind of been your plan so far? Uh, I've been running on the beach a lot, running some hills. Working out in the gym, a lot of hitting the field a lot, you know, getting ready for the next season. Now, now, what is the everyday of Jazrado Chisholm over in the Bahamas? Of course, you're you're born in Nassau, which is, um, it's funny, actually, just before you answer that question, I saw that, so Nassau is the capital of the Bahamas, is that right? Yes. And so it, it, it seems like just from looking, I was, I was just looking at a map, it's it's across from the Bahamas in in that sense. So do you kind of take a boat back and forth when you want to go visit the city? Uh, no. Actually, the city of Nassau is on a different island than Atlantis, which is Paradise Island. So, like, sometimes we go to visit Paradise Island, but we stay in Nassau most of the times. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I was looking at the map, and it was, it kind of showed – 
uh, that, you know, Bahamas is one big island and then it had Nassau across. Sorry, I, I, I pronounced it wrong there. But uh, um, definitely, so going back to the beginning of, of, of your career, uh, of course, just to, to kind of go back to, of course, you're only 18 years old and you, you, you were signed at the age, I believe, 17 with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So you just came off uh, your first professional season in rookie ball with the Diamondbacks as a shortstop in 2016. So take me back, um, farther back in, in your life when you were a kid, when you first picked up the game of baseball. Uh, I was a really young kid playing t-ball, baseball, and just from the beginning I loved the game. So I, I wrote it out, and that's got me to where I'm at right now. Now, of course, as a young kid, how did you how did you fall in love with the game of baseball? Was it knowing you know some players that were up and coming in the system, like an Albert Cartwright, like an Antoine Richardson? Yeah, it was seeing Anton play with the Braves. My grandmother played professional softball. She was on the Bahamas National. Watching Albert get drafted, all of that, Sean Aubrey, all those guys. Now, of course. Uh, are there any other guys that you know right now that like at, at that point, you know, you got signed, of course, I believe it was a year ago or yeah, it was a year ago. So was there any other guys that you know that are currently in the system that are around the same age as you, maybe even a year older, a year younger than you that are coming through the Bahamas right now and being drafted? Lucius Fox. Yeah. We all know Lucius Fox from his big signing day. Larry Alcime, Kyle Simmons, Richard Monroe. You got Champ Stewart, who's on the verge of being a big leaguer right now. Um, you just got guys like that and Chavez Young, too. It's Naj Thomas, who just got signed by the Cleveland Indians. Just guys like that coming up in the system, you know, and it's good to see. Jazz Rardo Chisholm here with us on Around the Diamond talking about uh, signing out of the, the, you know, the very small island of the Bahamas. So... How did you get noticed yourself? Of course, you talked about all these guys that are up and coming through the system. It seems like this game has really grown since Antoine Richardson uh, made his debut in the major leagues and in the professional baseball ranks. So how did you uh, get scouted out of the Bahamas enough to get signed by the Diamondbacks? Well, at first, I went to high school in Kansas, and I played summer ball, so I, I played a little bit of travel ball. And then I moved back to the Bahamas because, like, the school that I was at wasn't really the best baseball school. So I moved back home. And the scouts that saw me out in Kansas came down to the Bahamas to see me play. So it was basically scouts that already saw me in summer ball. They're coming down there to watch me practice and work out and see if I progressed from high school, you know. And, of course, Jazrardo Chisholm here with us on Around the Diamond talking about how he got signed into the Arizona Diamondback system, a native of uh, Nassau, uh, Bahamas. Of course, um, you're talking about being signed out of the Bahamas. So do you feel that with the, you know, the more and more the game has grown in your country and, you know, you have guys like Albert Cartwright that got signed out of there, guys like Antoine Richardson and, and, and you know, Fox and the other prospects that you had mentioned, you felt like, did you feel like that gave you more of an edge you know, for scouts to come over to the island and come see guys like you and guys like other players play baseball. Yeah, I had Lucius Fox and I signed. Lucius Fox, Larry Alcime Jr., and I signed out of the same, at the same time out of the same high school in the Bahamas. So we had a lot of scouts coming down to see Lucius, coming down to see Larry, coming down to see me. When you 
see scouts who come down, like they came down and see all three of us at the same time, you know what I mean? So it was like, it was Albert and Anton that gave us the edge to say, hey, we can make it in this game instead of just playing it and having, like we have fun with it all the time. But to say that we can make it our job and love it at the same time and get paid to do this thing, we just love the game of baseball and they gave us hope that we could do it at the highest level. Now, of course, I look at you know the the type of build that you are. Of course, at five foot eleven, a left-handed batter. You know, you throw right-handed, which is always nice, uh, and gives you a plus side um, being able to play the infield because you have to be right-handed to play the infield. Of course, you know that firsthand. Uh, but based off what I had just said, did you feel like you were always going to be a shortstop or an infielder your whole career? Yes. Uh, well, growing up, me and Lucius played on the same team, so it would always be a flip-flop playing shortstop and second base with each other. It was basically shortstop, and it was shortstop to him. So when we were on the same team, we were flip-flop positions, probably play second, probably he'll probably play short. I'll play short, and he'll play second. It was always like flip-flopping positions with Lucius. And at that point, when you signed with the Diamondbacks, did you know that you were going to be a shortstop, not a second baseman, going into their system? Yes. I always knew that I was going to be a shortstop going into the Diamondbacks organization. And so at that point, once you got into the organization, how did you want to better your game? Even in the offseason before you played your first professional season in 2016, how did you want to better your game to make sure that you will always play shortstop? Because it seems like that is you know, the, the position that you love the most. Yes, I really love shortstop the most on the field because, you know, not a lot of people can play it, and it's a privilege to play that position. You know, all the other greats that played that position before me and guys that who are amazing right now playing that position in the big leagues. So I, in my first offseason, I always wanted to get faster. To, faster. You know, you got to have a little bit of range in shortstop. Everybody told me I had a good arm, a good glove, but just needed to get a little bit faster. So I worked on that. That helped me. In my, so that was my first thing to do in the offseason before I played my first professional career game, you know? Now, you speak about your first game uh, in professional baseball, Jazz Rardo Chisholm, joining us here on Around the Diamond, better known as Jazz Chisholm, of course, uh, just from uh, uh, looking at your Twitter, of course. But also, um, when do you remember your first game of professional baseball in rookie ball? You playing shortstop, your first hit, do you remember it all? Yes, I do. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, so So, what was it like? What do you remember the most about your, your first uh, professional game? All right, my first professional game, I was playing shortstop. I didn't, it was like, it wasn't really, I wasn't really nervous. I could say I was like calm, actually. Like I was a little calm, but my head was everywhere. Should I stay here? Should I move there? Should I move here? So the first at bat, the guy hit a ground ball to me and I was playing like far back. But thanks to my arm, I threw him out. And then it was my first professional at-bat as soon as the inning was over, you know. And first pitch, fastball, spiral, base hit to right field, so long drive. After that, it was just time to play. And you speak about going into the minor leagues. Of course, uh, Jezrardo Chisholm here with us on Around the Diamond talking about uh, playing baseball in the Bahamas and then coming over to the Arizona Diamondback system. Now, I believe a rookie ball uh, is in Arizona. Is that right? No, this rookie ball was in the Arizona League rookie ball is in Arizona. I was in the Pioneer League, which was in Montana. Okay. And then you had 
another rookie ball for the Arizona Diamondbacks is in Oregon. So you, so you went over to Montana, of course, Jazz, and you had played uh, baseball there. So based off your experience playing baseball in the Bahamas and coming over uh, to play baseball professionally in America, what was the main difference as far as you're concerned? To me, it wasn't a really a big difference because when I think of baseball, like just how I have fun playing baseball back in the Bahamas, I do the same thing when I'm playing baseball in professional. It helps you a lot to stay calm and have fun. Now, of course, uh, you look back at, at your country itself, uh, Jazz, and yeah. the way the game has grown. Now, of course, let's go to um, Antoine Richardson, Albert Cartwright, and the likes of uh, a few other players from your country playing for Great Britain at the World Baseball Classic qualifiers. Um, unfortunately, uh, they la- they lost and didn't make it through, but still uh, they fought hard. I actually watched all their games because uh, my buddy Albert was playing, but just from what you saw, in that game, how much is the game growing in your eyes and how fast is it growing uh, from your perspective? To see all of my friends playing and I and me and myself playing on the same team with them, it was just amazing. You know what I mean? Just to see how much the game of baseball has grown in the Bahamas, you know? Oh, so you, you had played for Great Britain at the, the World Baseball Classic qualifiers? Yes, I was the shortstop. Oh, so you were the sh- so. So, what was that experience like? Take me back to that experience going to play uh, for Great Britain. Of course, obviously, uh, if some people don't know, uh, the island of the Bahamas is part of uh, Great Britain. Of course, so you had the chance to go play uh, for that team itself. What was that experience like? The experience was just astonishing. It's just, it's just you playing on the same field because you don't really get to play on the same field as all your Bahamians at the same time. You know what I mean? So when you get to, to do that, you just feel like it's just feel like playing on the back, just like back on the sandlot again. And everybody's just having fun. We had a lot of fun during the t- tournament. Even though we lost, we still had a lot of fun. It was a huge upset, but, you know, it was great playing with them on the same field at the same time. 19-year-old prospect Jazrardo Chisholm will still join us. Finishing off the show here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9, and he's only 19 years old. He's a prospect inside the Arizona Diamondbacks system, and he's a shortstop, and he's also from the Bahamas. He's going to touch on uh, how the game has grown in the Bahamas a little bit more, and we'll talk about how his offseason has gone training for the 2017 season. Of course, he's most likely going to start in either low A, A ball, or high A, as he uh, spent last season uh, in rookie ball, depending on how spring training goes for him. It's coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. We'll be back in a few. Hey guys, Shortstop Junior Rojo with the Rock and Boulders. You're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 48 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. You can find our podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud by typing in Around the Diamond on SoundCloud. If you have if you have an Apple iPhone, you can actually check it out in the podcast app by typing in Around the Diamond. Still joining us for this segment is Bohemian native Jazrardo Chisholm, all the way from the Bahamas, to talk about, uh, to keep talking about playing for the Arizona Diamondbacks inside their system. He's one of their top prospects. He's only 19 years old and is still with us 
on around the diamond to finish off the show. And it must have been a lot of fun to play with some of the guys that or the one guy that you grew up watching or even uh, Antoine Richardson, because this seems like a guy just from uh, from talking to Albert and, you know, the way he talks about uh, a lot of these, uh, you know, bohemian players always looking up for Antoine. He's the guy that comes back to the Bahamas and, and Nassau and, and, you know, helps the game grow with all the kids down there and talks to them about how to take the game mentally. So what was it like for you to play um, to play with uh, such a great center fielder like Antoine Richardson, who had played for the Yankees in the major leagues. It was it was a huge honor. I mean, Antoine coached me when I was younger, so he coached me at, at the age of eleven and twelve. So it was just like playing with your coach on the field. You know, you look up to him. He helped me a lot with the mental part of the game of baseball, and I really appreciate him a lot. I still keep in touch with him at all times, so it was really good to play on the same field as a co- with your coach, you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand, of course, Jezrardo Chisholm from the Bahamas here with us on Around the Diamond, current prospect with the Arizona Diamondbacks system and played for Great Britain at the World Baseball Classic qualifiers uh, this past, uh, I believe it was September uh, as well. So uh, based off that experience and based off, you know, Antoine Richardson being your coach, do you feel that, you know, you look at when I talk to guys that are from Curacao on this show, they said that Andrew Jones uh, helped grow the game in Curacao. Did you feel that once Antoine Richardson made the major leagues, that it was just, um, you know, a whole different aspect for your country itself uh, to make baseball, you know, almost your national sport? Because, of course, everybody plays soccer in those types of countries, but not a lot of people know that, you know, baseball is a fairly popular port in uh, sport in different countries like Aruba, even the Bahamas and, and Curacao. Uh, yeah. You're right. It it did help everybody. Like it was everybody's like, yeah, I want to play baseball, get into college, and probably get drafted. But when when Anton made it to the major leagues, everybody's like, yeah, I want to be a big league. You know, we're gonna be a big league. Want to be a Hall of Famer and stuff like that. So when he made it, everybody made it. So that's how I think of it. So we look back at your 2016 season at the age of, of 18. Now you make your professional appearance for the first time as a rookie uh, in rookie ball in, in Montana, as we talked about. Um, before we talk about your, your past season in 2016, was it tough for you to move away from your family in the Bahamas and, and come and play professional baseball and you know ride the team bus and, and the grind of you know baseball every single day uh, like you did last season? Uh it wasn't really tough because I, I went away to school in Kansas, like I said earlier, at the age of 13, 12, 12 or 13, one of, the, one of the two. But I had to go away to school by myself in Kansas because my parents, my parents always pushed me and said that you're going to be a Hall of Famer. If that's your dream, you're going to be a Hall of Famer. So you got to do it by yourself and, you know, a long, for a long time by myself. So so you knew by the time that you were, you know, very young that you knew that you had a, a strong chance to get signed and play professional baseball and eventually work up the ranks and you know someday we might see you in the major league. So you knew at that point that you were going to get signed uh, either way. Yeah. And so what was your mentality playing baseball knowing that you had this much talent and people were telling you that you just need to keep your head forward and just you know, take the game uh, with you know, a grain of salt and then you know, play your game, stay out of the bull, you know, the bull crap on the side and then just play your own game? Yeah, well, knowing 
that I would probably get signed was probably the hardest part of it. You know, I mean, injury free and just playing the game like you know how to play a game. It wasn't like I would just play at a lower level just because I know I was about to get signed and I don't have to impress anybody. You know what I mean? I still played with the heart of a beast, you know? So I still went into every game at 100% and still ran at 100%, still swung the bat at 100%, still played defense at 100%. It wasn't like I took days off, like, oh, no, no, I'm going to get signed. No, I'm going to take a time. No, it was never like that. It's just keep pushing until you get there. The time that I stop pushing is the time that I'm going to retire. Absolutely. That's Jazz Chisholm joining us here on Around the Diamond. Played for Great Britain at the World Baseball Classic qualifiers this past September. And also a native of the Bahamas currently playing in the Diamondback system. A prospect with the Diamondbacks. And we talk about uh, that season. Before we go, uh, of course, with Arizona and rookie ball, 62 games played. You had 70 hits. Uh, and for a guy, you know, for a, not the biggest guy on the field, I guess you could say, but you also had a lot of power. Nine home runs and 37 RBIs. I want you to take me back to that season and what you thought of your overall performance playing your first professional season. I thought I had a pretty good year. It was an average year. Just amazing to play my first year injury-free. And just going through that year, I had a great coach in Joe Mather, former big leaguer. He he pushed me through everything. I had another coach. His name was Stubbs, a great hitting coach in Stubbs, you know. He, he really helped me out with a lot of things. I had I changed my batting stance through a lot of things, and he helped me to push through the season, him and Joe Mather. I love those two guys, like fathers, actually. I feel like they're father figures to me now through the season that I went through, and they help. They just, they just know what they're doing and how to help out rookies, you know what I mean? No, of course, and I I understand where you're coming from on that side of things because you know at a very young age of of 18, uh, I'm only 19 years old, and and I'm you know trying to do, do, be a broadcaster, of course, and working this show on the radio over here in Ottawa, uh, which is where Albert Cartwright plays. So uh, before we go, maybe take take me through your mentality going into spring training, maybe trying to work your way up uh, to a different level. Of course, you have a lot of talent, uh, as it seemed like just from talking to you and just from uh, looking back at some of the video that you had done. Uh, this past season with the Diamondbacks. So what's your mentality coming into spring training and what are you trying to do uh, to improve your game? Well, in spring training, I'm coming back um, to improve my game. I'm just going to keep working hard, staying focused on the road, on the road to success. Um, just keep working on the small things, funneling the ball right in shortstop, keeping your chest up most of the times, keeping a good base while you're hitting. It's just all the small stuff to remember and, that helps you to be great. You know what I mean? Can't wait to see Joe Mather and Franklin Stubbs again. You know, father figures to me in the system. Orlando Hudson as well. Can't wait for that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Orlando Hudson, the O-Dog. He's the one of your O-Dog. coaches? Yes. Really? He's the um, he's the field coordinator. Oh, that's what's up. So so the O-Dog, so he, he coached you? Yeah. Infield. Well, man, you can't you can't leave this show without going back and telling me what kind of a guy he was because it's actually funny. My coach uh, was uh, was played AAA, 
uh, with the with Orlando Hudson back in the year 2001, I think it was. I would have to double check. But my coach in high school had played AAA, uh, was a top prospect in the Rockies, and played with the O Dogs. So, how, what kind of a guy was he to you? He's like a father figure me figure to me, just like Joe Mather and Franklin Stubbs. Um, o Dog, he just keeps me in line. You know, he said we're the same type of kids when he came into the into professional baseball he was 18 19 and he'd wear his hat like how i wear my hat and like we'd play the infield just like how he played the infield and he's like i remind i remind him of himself so i keep i just try to keep on the road of success with o-dog right there by my side you know in the infield helping me on defense at all times and pushing me and he just he's he just likes hard work well there you have it Current Arizona Diamondbacks prospect looking to maybe move up in the system going into next season. Only 18 years old. You're turning 19 in a couple days, so I'll wish you a happy birthday right now. And, uh, hey, listen, Jazz, thanks for coming on the show. We look forward to maybe seeing you uh, in a major league uniform down the road and maybe t- down the road and maybe touching base with you again throughout your career. Thanks so much. Man. That was Jesrardo Chisholm from the Arizona Diamondbacks joining us here on Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079 and that's going to wrap up episode 48 of course you can find me on twitter by typing in at diamond underscore dante on the twitter app you can find our podcast on itunes by typing in around the diamond on soundcloud or on itunes um, by typing in around the diamond in the podcast app on itunes on your apple iphone or on your uh, mac device or even on google just type in around the diamond if you're interested in uh, listening to past episodes i was supposed to have uh, Jordan Mills on this week from the Washington National System. He's going to join us next week. He actually went on vacation. He's going to join us next week to talk about playing uh, with Houston last season in A-ball and then coming over to the Can-Am League, uh, playing out this season, and then moving over to uh, the Washington National System. It looks like he's going to start in double-A as he was just picked up by the Nationals before spring training starts uh, next week. So it should be nice to hear what he has to say. He's six foot six. He was one. He was a number nine prospect out of all indie ball players by Baseball America. So it should be interesting to say uh, to see what um, Jordan Mills has to say. Uh, that's next week on episode forty nine. We're only two episodes away from episode fifty, so I'm pretty excited. Of course, you can check out past episodes on our podcast, which is located on on SoundCloud and on iTunes by typing in around the diamond you've been listening to episode 48 of around the diamond here on ckdj 1079 once again i'm your host diamond dante i want to thank Josrado chisholm for joining us and i want to thank ottawa champions first base coach jared lemieux for joining us earlier in the show i'm going to try to get michael nellis on next week he was a little bit busy with refing had the same issue last year but Uh, It's always nice to chat with Michael Nellis when he does come in studio. We'll have him on next week. You've been listening to episode 48 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. We'll see you next week.